all about you, and we are here to worship you, God. And as we continue to worship you, as we study your word, God, be our strength, be our rock. God, we know all your promises that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so, Lord, what counts is not my ability, but your ability. So I pray, God, that you would bless your word right now, that you anoint it with your Holy Spirit, and that you would speak to us in a great way and change us this morning. So we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Aloha, everybody. Good morning. First service. Yeah, you made it. Not too early, though. Not too bad. And aloha to everybody online. Our church ohana that's out there connected with us, too. I'm excited to get into God's Word this morning, so if you can turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You know, I was reading about this Minnesota cancer, cancer survivor, Don Wright. Back in 2003, he was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. It's a blood cancer, and he was given less than five years to live at the age of 62. But you know what he decided to do? He decided to go the distance by running marathons. And this is an amazing story. Ten years later, he survived. In December 2012, at the age of 71, Don Wright crossed the finish line in the Honolulu Marathon and reached his goal of running a marathon in all 50 states. Can you believe that? Well, he didn't stop there. It's amazing. He continued to go the distance. In 2016, at the age of 75 now, Don Wright ran the Philadelphia Marathon where he reached his next goal of running 100 marathons. Oh, it makes me tired just thinking about it. (laughs) This one article quoted Don Wright saying this, Live one day at a time and make it a masterpiece. I love that. How inspiring is that story? I love these stories. It inspires me because, you know what? I want to do the same thing with my life with Jesus Christ. I want to go the distance. And I was thinking about, remember the line from Star Trek, to boldly go where no man has gone before? Well, that's what God wants to do with us in our life, with our walk with him, that we should go boldly farther, boldly go farther than you've ever gone before. The title of our message this this morning is Go the Distance. Go the Distance. And we're going to continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of 1 Thessalonians. And we're going to be doing chapter 5 from verse 16 through 18. Just three verses here this morning. And it's broken up, our passage, broken up really into four parts. And this is our outline. Number one, be constant in rejoicing. Number two, be consistent in prayer. And number three, be continually in thanks. And number four, be committed in heart. So those are the four things we're going to be covering in these three verses. So let's begin. Number one, be constant in rejoicing. That's our heading. Be constant in rejoicing. So take a look with me here in verse 16. It says, rejoice always. That's it. Actually, in the Greek, uh, in the original language, it's the shortest verse in the Bible, actually longer than that other verse in John, right? Jesus wept. But this verse here, verse 16, is the shortest verse, but it's powerfully packed with a lot of things here. Now, we begin with this 
section, really, with these short commands. Um, uh, Paul is throwing out some short commands as he's beginning to, as he comes into finishing up this letter. And you remember, it comes after Paul talked about the rapture of the church, the day of the Lord, the tribulation, which we all covered. And if you missed, you can grab them on our YouTube channel or Facebook or our podcast. And, and now as he comes into the closing part of this letter, he, he talks now, not a, since he talked about the future, he goes on talking about the present and some practical ways we can follow the Lord. And remember last time we talked about keeping the harmony in the fellowship. Well, now he comes in here with some short commands now, giving to believers, giving to the people in the church. And he begins here with these two words, rejoice always. Now the word rejoice, it means a It means have joy. Always, literally, it means at all times. So you understand what he's saying. Whether it be good times, bad times, the good, bad, and ugly, whatever it is, Paul is saying stay joyful. Be constant in rejoicing, thus our heading. Now, I don't know about you, but my first thought when I read this years ago is, how is that even possible, (laughs) right? How is that even possible? I mean, does that mean i got to... Put on that face, grin and bear it, right? Doesn't mean I I just sweep problems under the carpet and so I don't see them, I don't want to think about it. Doesn't mean we just just force ourselves to don't worry, be happy, like that song. That never worked for me. Is this what Paul is saying? No, that's not it at all. Paul did not say be happy in all situations. He said have joy in all all times. So let's make some things clear. Let's get a little deeper into this verse. And and this is really our point. And the first thing I want you to understand is joy is not happiness. Joy is not happiness. Happiness is dependent on circumstances, but joy is independent of circumstances. I mean, sometimes we mix the word joy and happiness, but they're really different things. Joy is not happiness. I mean, I mean, when the sun is shining bright on your life and the rainy bad days are gone, what happens? Oh, we feel happy, yeah? We feel good. Puts that smile on our face. But when things don't work out the way you expected or wanted, there goes the happiness, right? You feel junk, right? You're, you, you can't put that happy face on. Why is that? Well, because what you're dealing with is happiness, not joy. So understand, first of all, joy is not happiness, because happiness is dependent on circumstances, but joy is independent of circumstances. Well, here's the second thing. Joy is from God. See, happiness is is depending on the circumstance, but you know what? Joy is from God. And that's great, because joy does not change with circumstances. Uh, Joy flows from this unchanging God. Understand that. I mean, remember Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, the last part, it says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of what? Of the Lord. It comes from God. It's joy is from God. In Galatians 5, 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace. And we could go on. But what's the second fruit there? Joy. It comes from the Holy Spirit working in your life. So joy is from God. See, joy is something deeper. It's spiritual. It's something that God flows into your 
life. Joy is from God. And here's the third thing I want you to see. Joy comes with Jesus. Joy comes with Jesus. You see, this joy from God is connected with our relationship with Jesus Christ. Joy is rooted, you know what, in that new person. Remember 2 Corinthians 5.17, right? Behold, um, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, behold, old things, right, have passed away, but all things are new. We are new creations, right, in Christ Jesus. And in that new person, joy is rooted in there. You know why? Because Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified in Christ, with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but Christ, because Christ lives in me. So you understand, in this new person, we have Christ in us. And it's rooted in, in, in that new person because of Jesus, because joy comes with Jesus. William Vanderhaven said, joy is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of Christ. I love that. It's, joy is from God. Joy is not happiness. Joy is from God, and joy is, comes with Jesus. So with the presence of Christ in our life, we can have joy. So now look at, look at verse 16, when Paul says, Rejoice always. Do you see it's possible? It's possible that we can have constant rejoicing because it's from God. Because we're connected. We, we have this relationship with God. And it comes from Him. So understand that this morning. That's the joy we're talking about. That's what Paul is saying, rejoicing always. That's what makes it possible. It's not forcing happiness on you. Because joy is not happiness. Happiness is, is dependent upon circumstances. But joy is independent of that because it comes straight from God. It's spiritual. It's, it's more than an emotion. It's deep into, inside your soul because of that new person, because Christ lives in you. And I'll tell you, watch out. Because there isn't this attack on your joy. And the attack is this. You're being distracted into thinking you need happiness in this world. But that, that's not what you need. You need joy. In this life we live on, it's going to be up and down. We're going to be happy. We're going to be sad. Because of circumstances. But no matter the circumstances, joy is independent of that. And we can always have joy in our life. And we can literally do what Paul is saying here. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. You know what? I, I like something that um, Jesus had told the disciples. You remember over in um, Luke chapter 10. Uh, he had sent the 72 disciples out on a missions trip, right? They went all around the towns and villages, and, and they went on a mission. First time, God empowered them. They went out preaching the gospel. They went preaching Jesus. They went out even doing miracles, like, like casting out demons. When they came back, they were all excited. They're, all, they're, they're like all, all happy, really, because they tell Jesus, well, you know what, Jesus, even... The, the demons are subject to your name. Like we cast out demons in your name. And you remember Jesus' response to them? He said this. He said, look, I, I gave you authority, tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and you know, nothing shall. I, I gave you that power. Then he said in Luke 10, verse 20, he says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice 
that your names are written in heaven. Don't you love that? This brings it all together. You see, there's forces trying to steal your joy right now. To make you focus in on, on the circumstance to give you that happiness. And not on God where we receive that joy. You know what? During these times, I don't know about you, many are struggling in these times of social distancing, quarantine. It, it's been hard. I read an article in a recent survey that the rate of depression are triple of pre-COVID levels. Have you felt that? i felt that. I've really felt that. And it's been an attack on me of trying to steal my joy and put my mind upon, what am I struggling about here? Am I trying to find happiness in, in all of this? Or am I really tapping into the true source? And that's joy from Jesus. You see, our relationship from, from with God is because Jesus has saved that. Because our names are written in, in the book of heaven. And so we can tap into that source of joy because of our relationship with Jesus. Think about this. You have a future. No matter what goes on over here, you have a future. Your name is written in heaven, Jesus said. You are saved if you have Jesus Christ. And, and you know what that means? Our salvation means we have a divine provider. We have a shepherd who cares for us and watching over us. And, and we have a mighty God fighting for us every day because... We belong to God now because we are saved, because of Jesus Christ. So if those things don't give you joy, just the fact that Jesus is in your life, that should give you joy. I'll tell you this morning, if you have not given your life to Christ and accepted him, if you've been struggling through this pandemic time and and you know you feel that, you feel this loss of joy, happiness, whatever it is, you're depressed, discouraged, And it's like this weight upon you. You know what? Go to Jesus and you can find that joy. If anyone online, you're listening to me, you know, receive Jesus right now. And you can have that joy because Christ died on the cross for your sins. And he rose again from the dead. And all you need to do is give your life to him. And you have eternal life, a new life in him. And you can have that joy that no matter what goes on in this world, in this crazy world we live in, we can still walk around with joy in our heart. So go the distance with this, you guys. Go the distance. Be constant in rejoicing. Let's go on to number two now. Be consistent in prayer. Be consistent in prayer. We go on to verse 17 now. Take a look here. Paul writes in verse 17, Pray without ceasing. Now he he puts out another command here. and He puts out another short little command. And and it's simple. Pray without ceasing. Pray without stopping. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean like, well, I I, got to, you know... Quit my job, stay at home, be on my knees, you know, 24-7, and just pray, 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 pray. No, that's not what he's really saying. When he says pray without ceasing, he's talking about pray persistently, regularly, and consistently in that way. He's saying be consistent in prayer. Be persistent, be regular, be consistent in prayer. 
And this is very important as he closes up this book and he's bringing bringing us some practical things that we need to understand. And, And praying is very important, isn't it? Why, why is it so important? Well, let me give you three things here. Number one, because you've got to stay connected. Stay connected. Listen, God is just a prayer away from you. Isn't that great? God is just a prayer away. He's not so far away that we can't get to them. We don't have to go through a bunch of doors, call the secretary, you know. Oh, I got to call the pastor and he got to pray for me so he, he, he can go talk to God in my behalf. No, because of Christ, you can go directly to him, you know that? You can go boldly into the throne room of grace to get help in time of need. That's what Hebrew says. So stay connected. God is just a prayer away from you you know uh, in the past on missions trips and trips that i've taken um without my wife i would stay connected to my wife uh by calling her i'd make sure like if i go to japan or wherever i'm going that i have that you know that that uh global plan you know verizon and everything make sure i put that in so that i can call her she's just a phone call away because i want to stay connected even though i'm far away Many times on my way home, like from surfing and stuff, I'll call her. Uh, uh, the reason is she wants to make sure I'm okay. She goes, um, I, I, you know, what if you get hurt? No one's around. What if a shark eats you? And I go, I'll oh, go heaven. See you later. Bye. I love you. You know, no. But, but so on the way home, I, I call her almost every time after my surf session. You know, I want to make sure, stay in contact with her. That's the thing. We want to stay connected. With God, when, when, my, when I'm at home, I talk to my wife here and there throughout the day. I'm in contact. I stay connected. That's the idea. It's same with the Lord. Here's the thing. We want to keep the line always open, right? So when he says pray without ceasing, we're always keeping the line open. Yeah, We're always there. We're consistent in prayer, staying connected. But here's the second thing. It's important because we want to stay dependent. Stay dependent. Persistent, regular praying shows your dependency on God. You understand that, right? I mean, uh, if, if we think we're okay without the Lord, oh, something's wrong. And God will show you quick, and you'll see quick, right? But prayer, right? God is just a prayer away. So it's easy to just easily call out to Him, pray, and get help. So when we consistently pray, we're consistently in prayer in that way, we're actually showing, hey, we're dependent upon you, God. The early church father, Augustine, said, pray as though everything depended on God. And that's the truth, you guys. We got to pray like that. Not ritually, yeah? Not like a spectator, like you watch a pastor and other people pray. No, we got to be involved in prayer. So prayer is so everything dependent on God. And we need to go to God. We need to stay connected. We, we need to stay dependent. So understand, frequent, spontaneous, short prayers of help and strength, that needs to happen and it needs to be natural. Yeah, It needs to be like every, every day and every moment you need to because you're staying connected and you're staying dependent. When you think you can do things on your own, then you know what? Then you're in trouble. I've learned always call out to God. I get a call. Oh, Rick, I have a question. Rick, can you can you help me on this? I'm I'm in prayer. 
You don't hear it, but it, oh, my heart and my mind, I'm in prayer. I'm in prayer while we're worshiping. I'm in prayer right now. God, help me as I'm up here. We want to stay dependent on the Lord. Here's the third thing. Stay, stay connected, stay dependent. And one more thing here, stay compassionate. Stay compassionate. Here's another thing about praying without ceasing. Always be ready and quick to send up intercessory prayer. It's important, you guys. It's important. In uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, actually, Paul wrote, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. He says intercessions here. The Greek word here, the original word, it's a, it, it means to fall in with someone. In other words, get involved with someone. It means to like feel what they feel, and that's real intercessory prayer. And so it's important that we're praying for each other. So we should stay compassionate for one another. I mean, do you ever go to pray, and you start praying, and about 30 seconds you go, oh, I don't know what else to pray for. <laughs> I'll tell you what to pray for. Pray for someone else. Pray for your family. Pray for people at work. Pray for people you know that need Jesus Christ. Pray for people who aren't feeling well, who are sick, who are struggling with ongoing physical problems. Pray for, pray for our community of country. Pray for our, our, our mayor. This is, I think it's a tough time to be a leader during this time. Pray for our governor. Pray for our country. It's a mess. Pray for our government. It's a mess. Pray for the election coming up. There, I, I'll tell you, those things will just... You'll run out of time because you've got to get going in your day. So stay compassionate. Pray for someone. Let me ask you this. As we're talking about pray without ceasing, to be in, in, in con- consistent prayer here. Let me ask you this. How many of you are satisfied with your prayer life? Any hands? I'm putting my hand down. Anybody out there online? I don't think we're ever satisfied. I think we always can learn. I think we always can grow. I think we always can make prayer better in our life, right? How about this? How many of you in your prayer life, how many of you right now today, if you assess your prayer life, that your prayer life is better than it was before? Raise your hand. Right on. Praise the Lord. Right on. You know what? If it's not better than before, it's time to go the distance, you guys. It's time to do what Paul is saying right here in our Bibles. Pray without ceasing. Be consistent in prayer. Change your prayer life. And if your prayer life is better than before, well, let's keep going. Let's keep making it better. Let's go the distance. Listen, God is speaking to us, church, as a body, as of Ohana. That we would change our life, not to rejoice, not to just rejoice always, but to also pray without ceasing, to go the distance. Yeah, you know what I've done in my life? I remodel my prayer life. You know, like you go in a house and you remodel the house and you change things around. That's what I do. I regularly do that. I regularly go in, God, I want to make it better. And I remodel how I pray, how, I, how I, 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 I approach things. You know, take the time, you guys, to think about that. 
Take the time to remodel your prayer life. What I mean is, you know what? Look at how you're praying now and see how you can make it better. You know what I did? I, I, through the years, I made lists, you know? Um, and then I went to uh, thinking about what I'm going to pray. And, and uh, I, I found a, a great app that I use on, on my phone now, a, a prayer app, and I could put in uh, prayer requests and everything. And then um, last year for men's, we, we went over our men's retreat. Remember the hour that changed the world? So, so I use that as a model and tweaked it to my own. You know, remodel your prayer life. Go the distance. Take the time and, and make your list. You, you know, uh, make, take the time to, to remodel and then make the time to do that. It's important, you guys. Set the alarm earlier in the morning if you need to. Set your timer for prayer. Don't just go out through there and go sit down and do whatever. Really, remodel, make it better so you're doing these things that, you're, you're, that, that God is asking you to do. You know, maybe even to pray unceasingly means not just during your devotion time, but perhaps it means to sprinkle it in throughout your day. To remember when you need help, shoot an arrow of prayer up to the Lord. God, please help me. When you see someone who's hurting or you talk to someone, you know, pray with them right then. When you think of someone, the Holy Spirit can give you a thought or someone in your heart, pray for them right then. You know what I've begun to do? I've begun to drive without the radio on so I can pray. I've begun to do things with, with mindful that, well, maybe God passes someone or something, right? If there's an, uh, my friend, uh, uh, they're a retired, um, you know, Fabian Mona, right? Police officers. And whenever I'm where, um, on a walk with them and there's like an accident or, or an ambulance, you know what he does? He prays out loud for them. That's praying without ceasing, you guys. That's what God is calling us to do, to integrate prayer into the fabric of your life. Not just the morning, or not just that night, or not just when you eat, but that we would go the distance in our prayer life. Let's do that. So, Paul says, be consistent in rejoicing, be consistent in prayer. And now number three, he goes on to say, be continual in uh, be continually in thanks be continually in thanks and we're going to look at the first part of verse 18 here look what he says give thanks in all circumstances so what is he saying whatever comes your way give thanks in all circumstances you know the greek word here for all is the word pas, P-A-S. And you know what that means? All. What does all mean? All. Everything. All means all. Circle that. Give thanks in all circumstances. Whatever comes your way, bad, good, in every circumstance, go the distance, be continually in thanks. Now remember, as we've been studying this book, the, this church in Thessalonica, it was born in persecution. Remember, Paul came to town, shared the gospel, people became believers, but then there's those uh, uh, religious Jews who didn't like what Paul was saying, going into the synagogue. So they, they ended up turning people, poisoning people. They came in, started persecuting the church, and even threatened Paul, and Paul had to leave right in the middle of the night. He had escaped with his life. 
Well, the church is still there. The church is surviving. That's why Paul is writing back to them, helping them with some stuff after Timothy went and visited and came back with some news. So understand now, the church here, it was born in persecution, but it's still going through much trial and suffering. So with that in in mind, isn't that amazing? Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. Wow. What is this, right? We need to give thanks. We need to give thank, be thankful to the Lord. And, 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 and let me give you two things here. With this, here's two things. What we want to do is, first of all, give thanks for the good. I want to bring that up. Give thanks for the good. You know, over in Luke <coughs> chapter 17, uh, you remember Jesus was, was, I believe he was on his way to um, Jerusalem. And he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And while he was on his way, he went, he went through this village. And there, there was ten lepers. And remember, they cried out to them saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And then Jesus, in Luke 17, he turns to them and, and he goes, Go your way, show yourselves to the priest." And then right then they were cleansed. They were healed of leprosy. Well, then one of the lepers turned around while the others went. And he came to Jesus praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan guy. And what did Jesus say? Jesus responded and said, Were not ten cleansed, where are the other nine. So I bring this up. Give thanks for the good because you know what? Is that us? Sometimes, right? We don't thank God for the good. We go on our way. The crisis is over. See you later, God. And we go on our way. God blesses us. He answers our prayer. But do we stop really to thank Him? You know, years ago, I realized my selfishness in my prayers. I, I realized that it was always about me. It was always like, God, give me. I mean, my requests for myself were like this long, yeah? This long. And maybe my, my prayer list for other people was maybe this big. <laughs> and then thanking God, mm, sometimes it was there and sometimes it was nothing. And then I'd have to be reminded. I'd go, oh, oh, yeah, Lord, no. I'm, I'm, thank you, God. But I'll tell you what I did. To go the distance in my prayer, you know what? I have a section when I pray that I thank the Lord when I pray. I spend time. I actually made a list of things because me, maybe I'm getting old, (laughs) being human. I forget stuff, you know? And so I have a list of things that, that I go over. I say, Lord, honestly, from my heart, I thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for this and this. Thank, thank you. Thank you for this miracle you did in giving us our house. Thank you for the cars you give me. Thank, thank you for the ministry. Thank you, God, for saving me. And my name is written in heaven, Lord. Thank you for my family. Thank you for providing for I mean, I have a list of things like that. Because I know I'll, I'll forget, but I want God to know that I am thankful. So you guys... You guys, when, 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 when Paul says give thanks in all circumstances, let's thank him for the good. But let's also 
Here's the second thing. Give thanks for even the bad. I mean, it's easy, right, to give thanks for the good. But to give thanks in all circumstances, we know what that means. It's easy and the good. But the bad? Yes, Paul's saying give thanks for even the bad. I want you to see something. Notice Paul did not say give thanks for all circumstances. He says give thanks in all circumstances. I mean, it's hard to give thanks if, 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 if you lost your job during this pandemic. It's hard to give thanks in the situations that you're in or you're sick or you're going through some suffering and trial and you wish this would happen or, or physically. But you know what? You can give thanks for that circumstance. You know why? Because it, no matter how things look, God is still at work behind the scenes. Do you hear me? No matter how it looks, no matter how it feels, no matter what's happening in the circumstance, God is still at work behind the scenes. Take a moment, turn over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verse 28. You guys know the verse? But I want you to see it with your own eyes. Romans chapter 8, turn to the left. Verse 28. Paul wrote here, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for what? Good. Yeah? For those who are called according to His purpose. So all things work together for what? Good. Not bad. (laughs) Not, well, maybe you'll make it through. But for God's glory, God's good, and how He's working in your life. So understand that we can give thanks for even the bad because Paul did not say give thanks for all the circumstances, but in all the circumstances because he's still working behind the scenes. Notice here in Romans 8, 28, it says uh, that uh, God works, what? All things. You know that word all? You know what that means in the Greek? Hey, you're Greek scholars. (laughs) Right on. So understand that. No. You know what? Know this. No matter whatever the difficulties you encounter, God is intimately involved in your life. And, and, and when you thank Him for what's going on, you know what? You know what you're saying? You're saying, God, I trust you. God, I have faith in you. That what you said in Romans 8, 28, what you promised there, you're doing something behind the scenes. scenes. It may not seem like it, but God, you know what? You can take all of this mess and put it all together. I was um, uh, reading about H.A. Ironside. He's a, a preacher, commentator, and, and uh, he wrote about one time he had complimented the cook at a conference center he was at. He, he, he told her, well, I like your biscuits. They're so ono, you know. And then you know what she, she did? Uh, he writes that she gave him an a fi- unforgettable lesson. She said this, the cook. The flour itself doesn't taste good. Neither does the baking powder, nor the shortening, nor the other ingredients. However, when I mix them all together and put them in the oven, they come out just right. And I love that. Whatever's going on, God is at work behind the scenes. And you know what? It's going to come out just right because Romans 8.28 says so. 
Well, let's go on to our last heading, number four. Be committed in heart. We want to go the distance, be consistent in rejoicing, be consistent in prayer, be continual in thanks. Well, now we want to be committed in the heart. And so our last part here is the end of verse 8. Paul writes, For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So he says, this stuff, this is the will of God. This is what God's will is for you in your life. And what is this? When he says for this, what's he talking about? Well, he's talking about everything he just said, to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. You know what? That's God's will for your life, to do these things. This is what God wants. Sometimes we think, God, what is your will in my life? And we're always so focused on his his personal plan, and he has that. But sometimes we, we, we pass over these things that God wants us to go the distance in. These things that God is asking us to focus in on and do. This is God's will. It's these things. Some, notice it says, for this, those things, he, three things he just talked about, is the will of God. And he says, in Christ Jesus for you. You know what that means? It means for you and I, for believers. Because sometimes we think this, we, we think, oh, well, you know what, this seems impossible. You know, I, 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 and we make excuses in our minds like, well, I, I think this is for the pastor, the leadership in the church. Or, or you know, I, I don't know if I can do this. This is, this is for the extra credit Christians, yeah? I know some people like that. Or, 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 or this is for those guys that, that they're gifted, you know, in, in walking with the Lord. No, Paul is saying for you. He's talking to believers in the church of Thessalonica, those who are in Christ Jesus. So understand this. God is calling each and every one of us, you and I, no matter where you stay with the Lord, yeah? but every believer to be committed in heart to do these things. You know, this section uh, in, in past centuries, they called it the, the order of the church or the order for the church. And, and I already said this, but these are actual commands, commentators say. These are commands for us. It's not options. Yeah, It's not elective classes. Oh, I don't know if I'll take that one. I'll take this one. Ah, oh, this one's more easy. No, it's, it's not that. It's something that God wants every believer to do in going the distance. But I know, maybe for some of you, when you hear that word command, it's a trigger for you to just shut down, yeah, close your ears and uh, not even try. Maybe even beaten down by people's commands and you've learned just automatically to just shut down and just concede, oh, that's not for me. I can never do it in class and I, I can't do it for me now. But let me tell you right now today, what God is saying here in these three things, it's his will for you. Let me tell you right now that God is not that kind of God. When he asks you to do something, he also gives you, guess what? The means to do it. What God calls you to do, he gives you the ability to do. He's not sitting there giving you something to do just so he can watch you fail. That's not God, you guys. Don't shut down. Don't, don't think, oh, I can't do this. 
Ah, pie in the sky. Ah, this is one of those goals that I, nah, I never could, I never can. But let me tell you right now, you can because what God commands, he makes possible. You know what hangs us up? It's not God, but your approach to what God is asking you to do. Look, look at what, um, uh, listen, and you can see it on the screen, but Corey Tim Boom said this amazing thing. I just came across this, and it really hit my heart. She said, it is not my ability, but my response to God's ability that counts. Isn't that good? The problem is our response. We don't believe God can do that. We don't believe God wants to do that. We don't believe that that's part of his work in our life. So let me say this. What God wills for you to do, God will make it all possible for you to do. What God wills for you to do, God will make it all possible for you to do. Quickly, turn over to Ephesians 2, to the left. Ephesians 2, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10. Paul said over here in verse 10. First, he talks about our salvation, for by grace you are saved through faith, right? In verse 8. And this is not your own doing, it's the gift of God, the result of works, so that no one, uh, the, a result, not a result of works, but so that no one may boast. So our salvation is God's gift. Our salvation is through faith. He did the work, right? So keep that in mind. He goes on in verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them so God wants us to do what he's telling us to do in first Thessalonians 5 because he created us to do those things and if he saved us by his power his salvation then you know what he's going to give us the power and the means to fulfill his will that he's talking about here we are his workmanship not our own do you understand that God has given us a new person that has the ability by his strength and by his power and the Holy Spirit working in us to do the impossible to us. What? To rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, to give thanks in all circumstances? Oh, it sounds impossible. But God is there and has made you for that. You know, as parents, we encourage our kids not only to do their best, but what? Fulfill their potential. And that's what God is saying, that we can reach what God had already put inside us. So listen carefully. This is not God saying these commands. He's not saying, this is my will, you must do it. Listen carefully. But God is saying this, this is my will, so you can do it. Now it doesn't happen overnight, but it's a process but we need to take the step make the choice but let me tell you know this nothing that is worthwhile is ever easy but the returns of obeying God doing his will is above and beyond all that we can ask or think so don't let Satan put chains on you don't put limits on your mind Jesus freed you for your future to walk in this manner in his will. So do all you can to keep going. Keep reaching to do his will and fulfill these things in your life. I'll close with this. In a small churchyard at the foot of 
the great mountains of Switzerland, the body of a young Englishman who was killed while making his ascent is buried there. On the tombstone was his name, the dates of his birth and death. But then at the bottom of all that, the following inscription is carved. He died climbing. Do you hear God? Go the distance. Go the distance. Let's pray. Lord, you're calling us right now to step up, to boldly go farther than we've ever gone before, to not limit ourselves because of what we see, but have faith in our eyes to see what you can do. And so, God, we want to do this very thing, Lord, in our, our joy and our prayer and our thanks, God. Lord, we, we want to do your will in our lives and help us to focus in on that. Help us, Lord, this word today, God, what we've read in these three verses, may they be what we are meditating on throughout this whole week. May they be what we are implementing and may, weaving into the fabric of our everyday life, Lord. Lord, help us. We need your help. We need the ability. We look to you, God, your ability. You're empowering, God, that you are not only asking us to do this, but you are giving us the means to do this. So, Lord, we know with you what looks impossible is possible because you do the impossible. Help us today to go the distance. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. We'll worship the Lord.